1: What is going on, everybody? Mitch Michaels, Pamela Maldonado, Kenny Ducey, and Zachary Cohn here. Tennis bets live. It's men's semifinal Friday. The Wimbledon Championships continue to impress. Gang, we're doing this show in between semifinal matchups. A seven-time champion is in the final. We'll have a first-time finalist against him. A lot to discuss on this week's show. On today's show, the second of the week. Uh, Zico and Pam, I guess you're both in Vegas, but Zico, you're, you're an early riser today, uh, did some v hits this, uh, last night and this morning. What was your thoughts? Initial reaction of Djokovic's straight sets win one tiebreaker needed against Yannick center.
2: Yeah. I mean, it was frustrating. I had center plus two and a half sets. So, you know, you get to the 1540 game in the third set, you hope that he could come through on one of those two points, you know, you really, really shrunk in those moments, which is, frustrating you know I was talking to Kenny yesterday actually like during the Sabalenko match and it's it's really hard to handicap nerves and like you put yourself in these positions to win and you just don't know what's going to happen when these players are you know not capable of rising to the occasion in these moments and you're going to take bad losses sometimes and Djokovic obviously the most you know mentally tough player in the sport the last person you want to see on the other side in those moments which is yeah has to be baked into the head to get but yeah it's a tough loss.
1: All right, Pam. Let's uh, let's get the gloating out of the way, and then have a good show afterwards. Djokovic keeps it going.
2: Let's keep it going. I got my
3: Novak shirt this time around. I got another one for the final. I brought two. I'm also in Vegas. Zach and I are actually like right down the we're in the yeah. same hallway potentially. Who knows? Uh, in the same casino right now. Um, but no, like the reason why I love Djokovic not only get past center comfortably, but of course to win this, he's having. People are going to talk about his defense. We know Novak for doing those long stretches, and he looks amazing on court. But his serve has been so good right now. He's only given up three breaks of serve. got center, had six opportunities, couldn't convert. And it's because Novak comes in clutch when he needs to, and he ups his power, his speed. His placement of the ball is precise. I mean, it's so precise. So Djokovic, watching him serve has been such a joy. Never doubt him in a (laughs) tie-break.
1: No, and uh, you know, I think we're up to I don't know the official number, but I think it's closing in on twenty two hundred days. Uh I think it's about that right now. So Djokovic is just still continually dominant. Uh Kenny, I have a question for you because I saw your pick. You cashed Which in one? on the under. Yeah, I saw your pick. But here's the question Did you expect more from Yannick Center in this match? Not necessarily to win, but did you what did you think of his level and how the Italian, the young Italian performed?
0: I didn't expect more than what we got. Uh, I look. I I did think he would probably make one of the first two sets a little bit closer. I thought coming in, Novak Djokovic had won three straight sets against Yannick Sinner, and they played on clay in 2021. That was Djokovic's first time seeing Sinner. Not a preferable surface for Sinner. Not going to reward his power. Stunned at the beginning of their Wimbledon match last year. Okay, this kid hits a big ball. Uh, You know, Sinner really came out with nothing to lose, no pressure just free swinging. And th- those are the best moments, right? That's why we like backing Yannick Sinner as a big underdog, which is why Zico did. I, I thought, I-, I saw the merit. And to be frank, I wasn't very strongly rooted on either side of this. I thought it could have gone other way. But yes, I did think ultimately Djokovic proved last year that he had figured out how to play Sinner. Also Sinner with a little more pressure here. Like this is the second biggest match of his life, right? And like we saw in the Masters 1000 final in Miami when he lost to Hubert Hurkacz uh like this is this was the biggest match of his life and i wasn't this is a guy as zico said how do we handicap nerves this is a guy mentally has just not had it throughout his whole career he's had all the physical gifts in the world he's come up big come back against some bad opponents right exploited some uncertainty on the other mm-hmm. side of the net but with novak djokovic there's no uncertainty he was certain the whole time he was going to win every set even if he ended up losing that set from 1540 down at four or five in the third he was – that's why he's the greatest because he has that ego. He knows he's going to win. But, yeah, Sinner, yeah. I thought I thought we saw the same from center. Great Great ball striking. Uh, I thought he had some really, really impressive shots. I thought he constructed some points well, but he ran around the backhand. I, I believe that was on set point to try to hit the forehand down the line. Just some poor shot selection to finish off rallies, but I thought he did a lot of good work yeah. early on in rallies and did return Djokovic's serve pretty well. He actually had Novak in a lot of compromised positions off the serve.
1: I thought the forehand was the shot that let him down. I actually thought he did. I I think he showed me more from his backhand than I thought. I think it was the forehand, his bread and butter. Uh, More on Djokovic in a second, but I want to get this topic up first, Zico. Uh, Just a quick one. Hindrance. (laughs) Like, like where are we on this? I know it's so subjective, but that call was insane to make in any setting. Um, I don't, I just, like, I'm not a fan of grunting, but you're not going to legislate that out of the sport, and you're not going to do it in the Wimbledon semifinal.
2: I also thought that he stopped before center hit the ball. Like, we've seen way worse cases of this. And like I said before we got on, but like, Bublik did it in, in what was before, the, like, the biggest shot of the tournament with Rublev. Like, if they called it there, they would have taken that moment away from us. And that was a way worse version of it than what we saw from Novak.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, I totally agree, Zico. And I, I also think like for all the reward like we have a tennis TV has a top ten extended grunt winners. And extended grunt winner is a thing, right? Like, and to your point, I didn't even think about that. But yes, it wasn't like an extended, he didn't <laughs> continue the grunt on as the shot was hit. He stopped as center hit the ball because I gotta hit another ball. Um, I did think that was absolutely outrageous. And that's hindrance, Carlos Alcaraz grunts when the balls over the net every single shot. So Give me a break. I, especially as you said, in, in this the stakes of this match, the moment that it happened in the match, you know, you wonder why people are like, Oh, this is rigged. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, like, well, how can you do that? You know, he's he's completely inserting himself in a match. He has no business going into that moment and inserting himself. So I, I thought it was a bad call.
1: No. No, it was a total ump show, but luckily it didn't take over the game and take over the match. Uh Pam, another the Time violation you, was was uh,
3: so the, was, it though, I mean, it was it though he had already started his service motion right as it hit zero? I actually don't think – I that. think a
1: warning can be – I feel like a warning, and, and I give leeway to the ump, like it's not just like, hey, let's move it along. Like I wouldn't have called that if he had a warning already, but uh, whatever. Uh, the point being, Pam, this tiebreak stat is just insane, right? Like 14 straight. He's only lost one this year to our guy Enzo who I think we've all either won or lost money on this year. But Pam 14-0 in tiebreaks is just maddening, especially in these majors where you would think the pressure would get to most mortals except for this guy.
3: This is one of the things that I talk about most in tennis. It is so much more mental once it gets to a certain point. When the game, when the set is at 4-all, when it's at 5-all, when you're serving three, four, like that's where it becomes so much more mental in a tiebreak. Who's going to have the better mentality? Knows when to press, knows when to push back, knows when to hold back. It's going to be the better players, the better returners more often than not. You can't rely on your serve because it puts you're going to, especially against somebody like Novak, the best counterpuncher, the best returner. He's going to figure it out. He's going to apply the pressure. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Double fault. And then. That the pressure's added on to you. So at it, some point, it's more mental yeah. than it's physical.
1: Don't you think it's crazy, too, that – I mean, it's not that he's – like, he's known for having all these weapons and having this variety, but he knows that he doesn't have to go bigger than he needs to. And you could say players get tight in tie breaks. I don't – I mean, it happens too much to just focus on one guy saying he got tight. Like, everybody else is getting tight except for Djokovic. I think that should actually be, you know, something in the positive for Novak and Zico yeah. – when you look at who he's beating in these tie breaks in these matches, these are different style players. Like he's not just going through big servers or quick guys like he is adjusting his game to the opponents are.
2: Yeah, and I think – I mean, you said it. Like, the other guys are getting tight, and the best thing that Djokovic does is he forces you to play an extra ball when you don't want to. And it happened so many times against Sinner today where, you know, Sinner hits a great shot, Novak barely gets it over, and then Sinner, like, overcooks the forehands because he's not expecting to have to play another ball and doesn't, you know, isn't ready for one. So, yeah, it's just – it's amazing to watch him do it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I was on the wrong side of it today. But, you yeah, it's definitely a good bet usually if you can get in on it.
1: Well, here we go. He's playing for his eight. Yeah, I was just going to say, Kenny, he's playing for his eighth Wimbledon title. And uh, we all kind of understand who he would probably rather play in this situation. Not that he's going to fear anyone, but he got off court, too, in straight sets, which we expected him to win. But I think even, you know, we know he's a resurgent Renaissance man at his age. But that's a big deal for anyone, let alone someone 36 years old, not to put those extra miles on.
0: Yeah, especially after last year, it, you know, against Yannick Center in the quarterfinal, he had to dig deep. And, uh, you know, I also just think most Grand Slams that we've seen Novak Djokovic win over the last, like, five years have not really been without drama, right? There's been injuries. There's been, you know, Matt, there's been the Carino boost. There's, there was the Carino boost a near loss, and then there was the actual default against Carino Boosta when he didn't actually win the U.S. Open a couple of years ago or a few years ago. But, I mean, like, the, you know, whether it's the abdomen, the shoulder, the hand, like, I just feel like it's always eventful, and this really hasn't been an eventful. This has been the least eventful run to a final for Djokovic that I can remember it in some time. And it, uh, mm-hmm. it, it was. I mean, that's good for him, you know, obviously, because he's gonna need all the energy in the world to face Carlos Alcaraz. I also will say here, uh, well, just before we get off this match, that Yannick Sinner was uh, he was four of nine on break point the first time they played when they played at Wimbledon last year. Yeah. that's a pretty good conversion rate. Oh for six today. He did save seven of nine behind his own serve, but I just think there's such a big difference in how he handled the pressure in that match versus this match. And on the other side of things, like Djokovic, this I, I, it almost feels at this point like he's giving away a point early in the tiebreak just to hustle his opponents to get them overly confident. <laughs> Double faulting on the second point, he's rubbing his yeah. eyes. Oh, I yeah, was in my that, eye. Was that, was that yeah, here was it here is. Like, oh. Here's what's in my eye. It's an L, you know. Like here you go. Like it was just hilarious. It yeah, just
1: like. I, yeah, yeah, the act was great, but I, I just, I don't know why cheering against him. You would think that's a good idea if you're rooting for the other opponent. Like <laughs> I tweeted something out about this, but we've seen this too many times, right, Pam? Like it just doesn't work. It has the opposite it just
3: effect. Doesn't, it doesn't work. And Novak, I love, I love all the the talking that he's doing right now. <laughs> like, oh, you want to try to beat me? You can't. Oh, he's doing the boohoo eyes. He looks at the crowd. He always does that mental mind thing. He's enjoying yeah. himself right now, and I absolutely yeah. love seeing that because here we are again, the third major. He has a legitimate shot here to potentially go for the calendar slam. He knows it. This is like yeah. almost almost a done deal here at Wimbledon. And Djokovic can continue on. Oh man, I think I'm excited. I'm so I'm ready for the U.S. Open.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna yeah, well. use the word disrespect because I don't I don't think it was because I don't think really Yannick Sinner deserves any respect. Joke, which is the one who deserves all the respect. But like he he was it, it was like as Pam said he was just having fun today. Like I, I never felt at any point that he was threatened by Yannick Sinner. I mean maybe when he when he pulled that forehand into the alley to make it 1540 at four or five. But, like, even when he slammed the ball over the net at 5-5, five, five, like, I, first of all, I was like, you want to call any morning on Jokovic, that could be ball abuse. Like, just <laughs> spiking – what was Spend he doing? Um, right. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do feel like the amount of joking around he did in this match, it, it almost did, like, lend a lot of credence to the fact that he knows that Carlos could beat him uh, in the final. And, and that's sort of what I was thinking. I was like, okay, he's trying to get all the, hey, I'm still young out of the way now because, like, he's not sure if he's going to be able to deliver these jokes oh. – you know at the podium on sunday Mm -hmm. so we'll see but uh you know i i do feel like it was a little bit of a silly match like it didn't really feel like at any point he thought Mm -hmm. sinner was any going to come anywhere close to winning which i love
1: well let's look at that other semi-final that just kind of got underway and live odds are are flipping every point so obviously subject to change by the second alcaraz is in a long service game it won all as we talk about this now so, Pam, Alcaraz is uh, the prohibitive favorite in this match. Medvedev, who battled through Eubanks and, and fought his way into this semifinal on grass. Do you have a play in this match? Are you going to monitor and maybe look to get on something live? What's your gambling mindset as this match progresses?
3: Uh, pre pre semifinals the start of it, I took Alcaraz and Djokovic money line parlay. It's a heavier juice at minus 150. But for me, it was entirely warranted. Number one, these are the two players that I had in the final prior to the start of the tournament. But number two, Akaras, I continuously I am impressed with just the progression that he's made. Sure, there's times where in the set, in a match where um, he's spraying it and maybe he hit a little bit longer than he should have. That's just rhythm and timing, but it's not for a lack of skill set. His servant Bali right now is probably the best on tour, and that's exactly what you need to progress in on grass court tennis. And that's going to be – that has been key in every match. And we saw Mepedev yeah. against Chris Eubanks. What was Eubanks doing? The serving volley, six foot seven, yeah. knock it in, get it up to the net, and Medvedev was having difficulty with it. So now right. you're giving me Alcaraz, who is faster and has a better court sense, more experience of being deep in it in a major. Yeah, I love Carlos to win this match. Um, we'll see how it comes to fruition because Medvedev has been a, a contender here. Yeah, but no, I, I expect him to get through.
1: So, so Zico, looking at that, I mean, I think we're all kind of in that same boat where we expect Alcaraz to win this match. But I think a Medvedev set bet, I don't know if you have any action on it, isn't a bad bet to take one. Because even in this tournament, Pam alluded to it, Alcaraz has the skill set. There's been times when his level has dipped or he's come out a little nervy in the first set. What do you think about the Medvedev to win a set or any prop where he covers some sort of spread?
2: I played Alcaraz minus one and a half sets, kind of thinking that Medvedev might win one. But yeah, I agree with Pam. Like, I, I'm like kind of all in on, on Alcaraz's grass game right now. He was getting better and better on it in the last few weeks leading up to Wimbledon. And then, you know, with this run, like it kind of culminated with like the straight set win over Runa, who's given him trouble in the past. And like that was the best match he's played on grass so far. And now, yeah, I just think that Medvedev's not a great grass court player. So I think that this is kind of the perfect storm here.
0: I would agree. I think that Medvedev's surface is definitely not great. Especially the fact, like, it, it, it's weird because he should be good on grass, but it just doesn't feel like he moves the same way he likes to dig in on the hard courts. Um, I, I actually just played a little Carlos 3-0 live, to be honest. And, and I also would say that, yeah, I mean, my thinking, I played the minus one and a half sets with Carlos as well. I mean, I think back to that medvedev uh, 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 Medvedev Kyrios U.S. Open match last year in the fourth round. Sort of similar situation where there are very few players who can just, completely overpower medvedev and hit through him because he does play such good defense um and, and then also couple that with touch and volleying like nick is a very good volleyer even in that match where curious was clearly better throughout medvedev still took the second set and he lost and ultimately four um, but look i just thought if chris eubanks is going to trouble medvedev and he's not the same player as carlos alcaraz i think he has obviously a, i think he has a better serve i think that's without a doubt but um the yeah. forehands is is not doesn't have the same range he's not the same at the net and he only won 66 percent of net points in that match against medvedev um carlos is going to win a higher percentage at the net because he's just that good at volleying and um yeah i, I think that this is a, a, a terrible matchup for med because he's yeah. gonna be running all around the court and um again if Newbanks is gonna be able to hit through you and limit the unforced errors you're gonna have a lot of trouble against alcaraz
1: Hey, shout out to Chris Eubanks, though. I know everybody except for Kenny was rooting for him in that match. Um <laughs> <laughs> fading him, but he set the re- I was not well, Turn, uh, returnable then. So shout out to him. I have been a Chris Eubanks
0: fan longer than you even knew Chris Eubanks was, Mitch, and I actually would put some money on that. So please. please. I'd give you that one, but don't don't paint me day. as the don't paint me as the villain every show, okay? Chris Eubanks uh, is a guy have have I have been rooting for, for many years. I you can go back to the Twitter logs. I was at his match against Pedro Martinez at the US Open last year, his first yeah. win. I took a video of it and tweeted it out. I said, You deserve it, King, at Chris Eubanks ninety two. So please, please. At six
3: foot
0: okay. seven though, I'm interested to it's see right. Eubanks
1: don't play with like, Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah. I, believe hey, it or not, I don't hey, that was I actually
0: like play. most tennis players. because I, I love tennis. <laughs> I'll, I'll <pass>
1: <laughs> I don't believe that one first second. Yannick
0: is not nice one that it. I like
1: that. <laughs> um, so for, if we're gonna okay, if we're gonna forecast Pam a potential Djokovic mevidev final, and that's what I wanted to get your perspective on because I know your admiration and respect level for both these players is high. The experience factor is going to be the first thing that everybody talks about, and for me, it really is that first set because Alcaraz has come out nervy at times throughout this tournament. You can't do that in set one against Djokovic on center court in the Wimbledon final. So how do you see? A You know, the storylines, the experience factor, should we get this expected matchup?
3: Alcaraz, Djokovic in the final, I expect this to go a full five. What we saw from them, even in the best of three, tiebreak, tiebreak, those are like one shot misses. That's right there. And you have the keen counter puncher in Djokovic against somebody like Alcaraz who has the best offensive game right now. It's going to be a back and forth. What it's what I'm super excited about, it's going to be a mental game. It's going to be who slips at those four alls, at those five alls, in the tiebreak. It's going to be a lot of pressure point situations. And I wouldn't be surprised if we do see somebody like either player get broken, even though this is grass and it's a lot mm-hmm. harder to get broken back. We could see that because it's going to be pressure from both sides. They both have strong, They both their strengths fall into each other's strengths. This is going to be so reminiscent of what we're used to seeing of the big three I'm excited for this match. I would expect it to go a full five, and I don't know who comes out the victor. Wow. The better in me, the better in me says pre-tournament. I took Djokovic at plus one ten at as soon as he won the French Open, but then at the once he saw the draw, Alcaraz, which he saw him win at Queens Club, he was a legitimate threat. So I'm super interested to see what the odds are. I would expect Djokovic to be somewhere around the minus 200 range simply because of his uh, experience in this tournament. But I would be backing Carlos Carlitos in some form or fashion, either in the same game spread, set spread, um, taking the over. That's what I'm looking forward to.
2: I think you're going to get a better price than that. I, I, th- I, feel like, I think yeah. Carlos is going to be like plus no.
3: 225. Well, uh, pre, so pre-semis, Djokovic was minus 175 to win – the tournament. Mm-hmm. So now you give him one set less, one match less, that's what that's where I'm getting the minus, closer to the minus 200 range. I
0: uh, I'll just be careful. Kenny, yeah, comes, I, Daniel no, Mendez was looking really good early in this match. I mean, I, yeah. I he has been hitting some incredible winners uh like finding very cute angles. This is going to be a tough match for Carlitos. And I would, and I, would I would agree so, with you guys. I actually think Go ahead, Mitch. You you the topic.
1: I was just gonna give you. I was gonna give you props because you actually the last time we did this projecting a, a line, you were, you know, quite on the money. So I want to see if you know lightning can strike twice. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I was the, gonna say you want to do
0: predict the line. Um, yeah. No, I think against. I think against Carlos. Uh, I think they're honestly. I think they'll probably hang the same price they hung pre-tournament on Novak, which is minus one sixty-five. That's what I would guess. Uh, I think that they're going to respect Carlos a lot here. I think they'll. I mean, honestly, the first number in my mind was minus 140, but I would think minus 160, minus 165 is where they lay it. I mean, if it's Medvedev, I would. I would also say they probably. It's probably closer to minus 220. Actually, no, I would say minus. That's a tougher price to project because I will say like, I'm curious, and from talking to a lot of people, I think there's a big belief out there that the Novak uh med us open final like people read into that like oh medvedev smoked them or like i mean i think people know that novak was nervous but they give medvedev a lot of credit for that slam i call the reason is i called it a fluke slam no more than 30 minutes ago in discussing it with someone and they were yelling back at me like it wasn't a fluke um so i'm curious to see how much the books respect medvedev for that 3-0 win i don't respect him at all for it i think that in a neutral setting without a calendar grand slam on the line novak uh, you know kills them so that's a little more interesting, but yeah, I would right. say by 165. I, that's what I'm going to guess. Well,
1: well, Pam, I would also just mention that if you really think this is going to go five, which I, I can certainly see, I think Alcaraz to cover a spread would be whatever you get. I think that would be a pretty solid bet. And I think, I mean, if you want to even get a little more bold, I think Alcaraz will win the first set because that's kind of been key against members of the big three in their, in their dominant tournaments is – You got to take the ground running. So I think if Alcaraz is locked in on Sunday, assuming he gets there, obviously, I think he starts out early and pushes Djokovic, hits him in the mouth a little bit, metaphorically.
3: Mm -hmm. I mean, what we've seen from Alcaraz, even to see him bagel, even I know it's, uh, I know that his opponent in the first round was Jeremy Shardy, and it's not exactly like the greatest opponent, but to see Carlitos like even bagel an opponent on grass, like it is impressive. Um, it was his last to...
1: match? You know, I mean, and he Jeremy was. Jeremy is a coach
0: him. now. I mean, that's that's <laughs> like saying. I know. I know. know going to come out. Of, yeah, I know. I know. I know. You, you I, can
3: I, say about his opponent, but still, like, yeah. it's just, it's just still a testament to yeah. the progression that he has had in such a short yeah. time. That yes, this should be challenging from both ends.
0: I mean, yeah, I All think right. I think last year at an exhibition before Wimbledon, Alcaraz lost to Tiafo and he also lost. Didn't he lose to like Casper Rood? Like it, I mean, it, so yeah, the progression in a span of a year has been absolutely. I'm gonna look it up. It's been a, it's been an incredible transformation in just a year, um, on grass. Um, yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, it was brood. He lost to brood at the Hurlingham Exhibition last year. Mm,
1: so one of your favorite, and now players. and now here
0: he is in the in the semis.
1: Uh, More Tennis Bets here with Kenny Ducey, Pamela Maldonado, and Zachary Cohn. We're on Tennis Channel YouTube, Tennis Bets Twitter, and Tennis.com. Facebook also on all your podcast platforms as well. Uh, A couple more thoughts on the men's matches that we have. Djokovic going for Major number 24, Alcaraz, Medvedev in the semifinal. Uh, Other Wimbledon, I guess we can kind of put a bow on Wimbledon with that, Zico, with some of the players that you thought really did make an impact this tournament and you know, not just necessarily the ones that are still left, but who else outside of Eubanks, you know, did, did let you down would be the other way to put it. Who else uh, built you up or let you down a little bit?
2: I mean, not, not letting me down. I'll go the other way with it. I, I thought that it was pretty impressive that Runa even got where he did because he was another one where we were kind of questioning whether or not he could play on grass. I did pick him to win the quarter, so I ended up losing that against Alcaraz. But, yeah, I just think that, like, he's, he's really coming also, and it's, it wasn't as fast of a trend, you know, transition for him but he's shown that he could play on all surfaces now and just a really impressive player mm-hmm. yeah, yeah sticking i think with the men's i think go yeah
1: go ahead kenny yeah i was gonna
2: say sticking
0: with the men the men's side and the impressions for me i thought uh, we can't, we can't, we absolutely can't come out of here without just mentioning Robin Sefuel In great run, I thought he looked uh, excellent. He handled all the pressure. I thought Grigor Dimitrov. You mentioned Aruna. I thought he was a little bit of a letdown there. I thought that was a terrible performance against Olga Aruna. He had all the, you know, I mean, he, he could have had the rematch with Carlos Alcaraz. They had a pretty close match at Queens. Like maybe he was looking too much forward to that. Uh, and faltered at the finish line, but I thought he was a disappointment considering how hot he came in. He beat Tiafo very easily. He, he should have had a better run here. Um Berrettini, I thought was very impressive as well taking that set off of Alcaraz. He he clearly showed that he's back to the level of grass court player that he can be. You know, maybe he's not number three in the world anymore on grass or, or number two. Maybe Carlos is number two now. Um but uh, I, I thought that was very impressive. And also Andrew Rublev. Gotta talk about Andrew uh, last last show I thought we also talked about Andrew gave him prop props for that win over Bublik but I mean once again he's what is he now 0-9 in slam quarters but he's gotten Eight, to 9 0 and slam 8, quarters 0-8 yeah. he's he's gotten to plenty of quarterfinals at Grand Slams like he he's a very reliable player and once again I thought on grass actually he might have looked at his best this might be his best mm-hmm. surface I mean the forehand yeah. is absolutely lethal on, on grass so uh, I thought he looked really good Rublev yeah, was going to be yeah. the
3: player that I mentioned, and had mm. he not run into Djokovic in the quarterfinal, I mean, we could be having a different conversation right now, but his progression this season yeah. as well, like it's not getting enough credit because of the opponents that he's listening to. So he's not getting <laughs> yeah. further than he possibly yeah. can simply because of the draw.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I You look at his 0-8 record, he's lost mostly. I mean, there's very few, but just poor performances. He's lost to the very best on the game. You know, it's yeah. it's unfortunate there, but Kenny, I would agree with you there. Berrettini would be my under the radar outside the the bigger sphere pick for who impressed me. Because we didn't really see this coming, going in, but he found his footing and uh, found his form. I do yeah. want to mention before we go, just some thoughts around the board here, Zico, what you think of this women's final odds. Jabor sitting at minus 220 versus Vondra Sova. What a difference a year makes in the sense that on Jabor, this was not taking advantage of a draw. She went through major champion, major champion, Wimbledon champion. And she's playing an underdog who's in her second major final who wasn't supposed to be here either. So how do you see this, this match going, the odds here, and what action do you like?
2: Yeah, I took Von Druseva to win a set in this one. I have plus one and a half sets at like minus 140. This is one where, yeah, I think that Javor will probably win. Like you said, she's gone through some monsters in this tournament. I think that, you know, playing the role of the underdog in those matches helps, though. And now she goes into a, you know a position where she's expected to win. But Von Drusev has also had a really good tournament, has gone through some really good players, and I just really like her game on grass. I think that she's got kind of a complete game on this surface, and she's played uh, Jabor really well as well. So I think that she can easily win a set. I think this will be a really good match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Damn, she I like beat her the over twice this match.
1: year before ons got back into form. There. Yeah, yeah, wow. Uh, Kenny, looking at this just a little bit more, Vonda Sova looked great in her last match. It was against Fidelina, who seemed a little bit emotionally drained, physically drained. I do try not to look directly into the last match and and ride the hot hand there. But you also wonder with Anja Borg, the miles there. She battled so hard to win all these matches down in the last two. So you're going to have maybe a fatigue factor on her side.
0: Yeah, like, I, I don't, I really didn't think she looked that good against Sabalenka. It was, I mean, I, I think you want to talk about disappointments of Wimbledon. I mean, and it's the same story, but I, I thought that Sabalenka completely gave away that match. I thought Jabir looked lost. Um, And I do think Marquette can power through her. I mean, I, I think she, as you said, I mean, the, the the run that Jabir's been on, the players that Jabir's taken out, I do feel like it's a higher quality, right, than, any, than most people that Vondrasova's beaten. I mean, I guess... Pagula probably constitutes the best player that she beat on the way here. But like with that said, I I still think that this is a match that's incredibly dangerous for Jabir to come in as the favorite. Uh, You know, she obviously did not perform at her highest level last year in the final um, or the level that she thought she was capable of. And yeah, I mean, I I think this is a dangerous one and I think Vondrasova, I I I think I like the over because I don't think either player is going to handle their nerves very well here. But I would also think that Jabir at this point, having, that was sort of my handicap going to that seven language match like well look she's played a lot of sets she's played a lot of close sets a lot of pressure points she's had to really work hard on return against a lot of these players what is she going to have left i don't know what she's going to have left for this one and it, it this is yeah. going to be another tough test against a, a, another player that's been in a grand slam final before
1: another check lefty as well they're just they grow them on trees out there apparently a female check lefty but pam i'd also say if you're looking for a sports story finds your wins this major i mean it's groundbreaking in pretty much every regard so this would be like an Elvis type moment for what that win would mean for region of the world.
3: Um, absolutely, um, <laughs> but there was also value to be had I mean, she was an underdog in the quarterfinal against Rubikina, and I was yeah. like, "Wait, what?" As soon as I saw that, I don't do much WTA, but even I knew that that was like a huge misprice um, in that aspect. And then to get to Sabalinka, that was very, very good. So I feel comfortable with her winning this match um, in the final. And I wouldn't yeah. say that she played. I wouldn't say that she didn't play her highest level in the final last year Wimbledon. I would say that her opponent, uh, Robocano, her she exceeded expectations. Like she had mm-hmm. herself like day, and uh, she is the one who uh, who played above her level is in mm-hmm. my opinion. Um So I think Jabour is just fine. Her serve percentage, she is like knocking in those serves. Like her first wins on first serve, it's stellar. And she, what do we talk about? What yeah. excels on grass? She serves in volleys, so she's. Yeah. Uh, I feel comfortable with her winning.
1: So we're gonna have seven different Wimbledon champions. You know, the big four just wins all the men's ones, but the last seven years, <laughs> seven different champions. The but last six.
0: Isn't
3: that cool? The the la- like, yeah. Well, it well we were
1: we were just going into this tournament. We were
0: just talking about the new big three with Sabalenka, Rabakan, and Sviatsev. We were just talking about Hans how they're going to win.
1: All <laughs> <laughs> and Hans just made it a big four, apparently, with with beating two of them. But yep. you no, know, it's gonna it's gonna be six first time champions in a row at Wimbledon. I think we're getting to a better place with the top, but it's funny just how generations and, and you know the game evolves. It seems like grass court tennis on the WTA, because Iga, this is her worst surface, this is the one that's going to be the most open, where maybe you could say U.S. Open for men has seen some variety. The U.S. or the Wimbledon on the grass, it seems like that's where there's going to be the most parity going forward. Yeah
0: yeah i think she's also I yeah she's the clear worst of the big three on this surface and uh I, I i mean i'm curious how sabalenka figures out her nerves because it it at this point it's it's now shocking in retrospect that she actually finished off the australian open and with a quality opponent in the final perhaps she doesn't um but i mean i really don't even know if we can we can consider her as a player for slams until she actually proves once again that she can she can finish off a match. I mean, even against Fiatek in the U.S. Open last year, she outplayed Fiatek for a set and a half and then completely crumbled. And that was, you know, that was her moment to be like, I can I can match what Iga's doing right now. Um, I don't know if anyone's going to be able to. And I also feel like while Iga's topspin forehand isn't exactly a lethal weapon on this surface, I still think she's good enough to win Wimbledon multiple times over, especially if no one's going to step to the plate. So I, I I do feel like she could have a progression Maybe not like Carlos because their games are very different, but I do feel like she's eventually going to figure
1: it out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Seems that way. I I want to just get to one last thing. I, I I swear this is the last topic. I want to have some fun <laughs> with this one because I don't know where we're going to go with it. But what do you what do we think about the practice court drama that occurred with Alcaraz's father and Djokovic? Where are we at in terms of thoughts the on cap. Carlos's dad admit? filming? If anybody wants to take it, I mean, I could uh, inform people I better, but Al dad I filmed.
2: Guess, yeah. Carlos's dad was filming practice and they, and they asked Carlos about it and he didn't deny it. Like it was, like there was no like, yeah, there was, they're, they were pretty open. So it's like,
1: up. it seems like a dad filming with his phone, like just any one of our, our dads probably would do just like, Hey, look at this, like a cell phone video, like a, you know, like a dad filming joke, was not happy. said, maybe it'd be nice if I had more privacy. Uh, and Alcaraz is just like a, a fun-loving kid. That's like ah, it's just my dad filming stuff. But I don't know if it's necessarily Spygate, but uh, yeah, it could lead yeah. to some drama for the final.
0: Here's what I'll say. Okay, you go to YouTube. You can find hundreds of videos, like 17-minute-long exactly. videos, <laughs> and it's like Roger Federer court-level practice from Indian Wells, and it's just like some like some tourist from. Another countries oh I'm gonna just film 17 minutes of Roger. This is YouTube gold. So you can you can these are very widely available videos. Yeah. People are filming Novak practicing. There's hundreds of people filming Novak practicing. I don't think it's a big issue. And if you've seen a tennis yeah. practice before, it's very it's it's very like Oscar. you're not gonna learn anything. They're just gonna they're gonna exactly. work on their serves. They're gonna like. I, it, it, I just it's
1: stupid, so. I, I love that. Yeah, I love that Djokovic. Yeah.
0: He's probably yeah, like honestly he's probably working on the super secret player something. His five o'clock shadow or something. He doesn't look as good, and I I, I would I don't think he really un- thinks that <laughs> they're gonna steal any secrets away. But yeah. yeah. Um.
1: No, it's just funny. It's just, hey, Djokovic was upset. I loved everybody's reaction to this. I loved the dad just filming a video. Djokovic upset, and Alcaraz being like, "I don't know what the big deal is. It's just my dad doing." Maybe
3: stuff. he's a fan. Maybe he's a fan like me. He secretly wears the Djokovic shirt underneath. Like that's all he's doing. <laughs> he's just appreciating yeah. great tennis.
0: If he was a fan, he would throw this match against Medvedev. It doesn't seem like he's gonna do yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no. No. Well, hey, this was fun throughout the entire Wimbledon Championships. Pam, Pam I just want to let you know I got my LaCoste coffee mug. Wasn't even planning on, you know, synchronization there with the Djokovic stuff, but that's about all that's <laughs> I, I, I can do for you.
0: my US Open 2021 shirt on. Wasn't this the year that Djokovic choked in the final? I probably should yeah. take it off. <laughs> yeah,
1: we're all just, you know, we're all there. You know, next, we'll see if V-Center Circa sponsors us next year if we just keep sending people out to Vegas, but Uh, Fun stuff. Parting words on the Wimbledon championships. If you guys want to go around, uh, Zico, any last thoughts heading into championship weekend?
2: No, I mean, I guess my only thought is that I think that we've gone like way too far away from where it was at the beginning of the year where we kind of viewed Alcaraz as, as the best player. And you know, we went into French Open with Alcaraz as a pretty heavy favorite to win. And then, you know, he breaks down physically in that match. and Now, all of a sudden, you know, we're just talking about Djokovic as if he's a level above him. I still think these two are on the same playing field. I think that he can easily win that match on Sunday. And I think you're probably going to get a really good price on him to do it.
0: I, I agree with you. I agree with you, Zika. I just I'm, – I'm a little – and I was thinking about that today. I was thinking about how certain we all were that Novak was going to get smoked by Carlos on clay and that he really would have if it weren't for the nerves. But I also do feel like while Carlos has clearly separated himself from every other player on grass, I still need to see it against Novak. And I, I do feel like while he may not be as nervous this time around, I mean – you can't guarantee that Carlos is going to come out and just a, a, and have no nerves and and hit free against Novak. So I, I, I I'm hesitant to say that Novak's going to win this easily, but I do feel like he's going to figure out a way to win this. Like that's that that it, it is deserved. The guy's won four Wimbledon's in a row. He rarely loses on grass. I, I think it's very deserved for a kid who who really has still only won what uh, twelve matches in his life on grass. I mean, come on.
2: I just in terms of like legacy, yeah. like bigger picture. I, before, I, 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 oh, yeah. Sorry, I yeah. No, I was going to say, like, Alcaraz you- needs to beat Djokovic while he's playing this well. Like, these guys need to beat Djokovic while he's still a great player in order for mm-hmm. them to be considered great players. Like, I don't want to see, you know, Alcaraz just run up the major titles like after Djokovic which like is out of his pride. Well
1: old, yeah, who, sorry buddy, who, but he's, you, going to, <laughs> he's going to he's going to. You know who you know <laughs> you know lie. who said that? <laughs> you know who said that was Dominic Team. I mean it, it hadn't happened for obvious reasons, but he's the one that said, I want to beat these guys while they're still here. Yeah. And uh I'll just I'll transition it to Pam for your final thoughts. Djokovic going into this final fourteen and two last that in majors when he's lost the first set in his last sixteen. So oh, even if Alcaraz wins that first set.
3: I also believe Alcaraz will keep this competitive. Djokovic will come out with the victor because, I mean, in the end, experience, we can talk about how much progression Alcaraz has made. This is still a huge difference in grass level. And, you know, you all have it correctly. Like, you're doing great. Now do great against the the best grass court player, in my opinion, of all time. You can put him up there with Pete Sampras, Roger Federer, but Djokovic is the best counterpuncher, and he's going to utilize that to the max.
1: Three out of five sets. That's the other thing we didn't mention it this whole time is that there is just nobody built like this guy in a best of five. So we'll we'll see.
0: Another thing we didn't note either, which I'll just say on the way out, is the Alcaraz serve is is clearly the one aspect of his game where he hasn't been the strongest at all points over the last two years. He's made a lot of strides, but is he good enough to go up against the greatest returner of all time? Like that's going to be a big test for the Alcaraz serve and. I mean, it was as recent as three months ago, he was, he was unable to hold serve against Fabio Fanini on clay in Rio. Like, are we, we're not that far removed from Carlos really not being good on a, at all on his own serve. So I, I think that's going to be an interesting test against Djokovic. And I also do think, while the nerves had a lot to do with that loss at the French Open, Djokovic did return incredibly well in that match and probably a lot of the reason why Carlos was a little shell-shocked.
1: Certainly was. Uh, gang, this was fun. Thanks to everybody out there for watching, listening. Uh, thanks to Kenny Ducey, thanks to Zachary Cohen, and thanks to Pamela Maldonado. Uh, we'll see when we convene next. It's not going to be too long because the U.S. Open's right around the corner. We could have calendar slam implications. We could have Alcaraz going for his second U.S. Open, or potentially second straight major as well. A lot to discuss there. But thanks for the whole Tennis Bets crew. On behalf of them, thanks to everybody out there for watching or listening. This was Tennis Bets. We'll be back uh, in the near future. But thanks, everybody, for watching. Stay safe out there. Enjoy the action.